0: Could you turn on your Bibles, please, <coughs> to the book of Ruth? I think this might be my penultimate uh, message in the book of Ruth. It's, uh, this is my sixth message. This has got to be the fastest series I've ever done. Um, it's a bit of a worry because then I've got to think up something else. But uh, Ruth chapter 4 is where I'm up to. Um, I'd like to read verses 1 to 5, just to remind us what we've done before. Ruth chapter 4, verse 1. Then went Boaz up to the gate and sat him down there. And Behold, the kinsman of whom Boaz spake came by, unto whom he said, Ho, such and one, turn aside, sit down here. And he turned aside and sat down. And he took ten men of the elders of the city and said, Sit ye down here. And they sat down. And he said unto the kinsmen, Naomi, that is come again out of the country of Moab, selleth a parcel of land, which was our brother Elimelech's. And I thought to advertise thee, saying, Buy it before the inhabitants and before the elders of my people. If thou wilt redeem it, redeem it. But if thou wilt not redeem it, then tell me that I may know, for there is none to redeem it beside thee, and I am after thee. And he said, I will redeem it. Then Boaz then said, Boaz, what day thou buyest the field of the hand of Naomi? Thou must buy it also of Ruth the Moabitess, the wife of the dead, to raise up the name of the dead upon his inheritance. And we'll ask the Lord to speak to us through his word. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this wonderful story uh, of um, Boaz and Ruth. And we know um, they were uh, indeed uh, the progenitors of the seed of Christ. They um, are part of the, the history of the, the Lord Jesus, the, the human family of the Lord Jesus. And we, we thank you, Lord, for the, the story that um, Lord has so many blessings to, to, to give us. I pray, Lord, as we open up your word tonight, Lord, that you would help us to understand what is uh, read and help us to, to know if there is something we need to apply to our hearts. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. As I said, I've been following through the story of Ruth and Naomi in my Sunday night messages. Now in my last message from chapter 4, we learned how Naomi and Ruth had conceived a plan to have Boaz, a kinsman of Elimelech, Naomi's dead husband. They conceived a plan to have Boaz purchase the land Naomi owned and to act as a kinsman to Ruth. To purchase Naomi's land and to act as a kinsman to, to Ruth. There were two things. Now we learned how how, uh, Ruth uh, made Boaz aware of uh, what they wanted him to do and we saw that Boaz was happy to do his duty but he informed uh, Ruth that there was a kinsman closer than him who had to be given the first option to buy the land. Uh, Basically it was around the buying, the redeeming of the land uh, that uh, Elimelech owned and according to custom and according to the principles of the law uh, there was a cl- the, the, the closest kinsman was to have that right first and so my last message we saw what I called the negotiation and that's what we just read about there in those first five verses Boaz met his un unna- uh, this unnamed kinsman we don't know his name his name's not given in the story but Boaz met this unnamed kinsman at the city gate uh, he called and he called ten elders to witness the negotiations. He wanted to sit this man down. He wanted to tell him what uh, what, he, what was his responsibility. While he was or his, um, the option he could have in buying this land. And he he, he called these ten elders to sit down with them uh, to witness the negotiations. <clears throat> now, when this other kinsman heard about the land Naomi was selling, he was very interested, and he was keen to buy it. <clears throat> But as we learned uh, also, Naomi had put a condition on the sale that whoever bought the land (coughs) had also to marry Ruth. And that was simply to raise up an inheritance in the name of Ruth's dead husband, Marlon's name. And uh, so you had to buy the land uh, and you had to marry Ruth uh, so that uh, Ruth's uh, husband's name would would be attached to that land, Uh, seeing here died. And so it was a package deal. You had to buy the land and you had to marry Ruth. Now, once the uh, unnamed kinsman realised that uh, it wasn't just about the land, it was about marrying Ruth. uh, This changed the course of the negotiations, verse six. And the kinsman said, I cannot redeem it for myself, lest I mar mine own inheritance. Redeem thou my right to thyself, for I cannot redeem it. it. (coughs) And last time, we looked at some of the reasons why this might have marred his inheritance. But when the unnamed kinsman didn't want to marry Ruth, he said, I can't buy the land because I don't want to marry Ruth. (coughs) When um, this became known, (coughs) the option to buy the land and marry Ruth fell, then fell to Boaz. And we get the impression that Boaz was happy not just to buy the land but he was happy to marry Ruth. Now before we move on to look to the confirmation of the negotiations I I wanted to just make a comment about this uh, relationship between Boaz and Ruth. This story is traditionally presented as a love story of Boaz's love for Ruth. But it seems to me that this is more a story about Boaz's sense of duty as a kinsman redeemer. It's not really a love story. It's really a story about a man's duty as a kinsman redeemer. And when you look at the story, there aren't the normal elements of a modern romance in this story. I guess if they put it on the telly now or made a series out of it, you'd have all these other elements that really aren't in the story. You know, there's no reference in the story to Ruth's appearance. We don't read that Boaz was attracted to Ruth by her beauty. Now there are men and women in the scriptures, and sometimes the scripture does tell us that they are goodly or they are, you know, they are beautiful to look at. But there's no mention of uh, Ruth's appearance in this story, and there's no sense that Boaz was attracted to Ruth by her beauty. We we don't read that, but we do read he greatly admired her for her virtue. We don't read that Ruth fell for Boaz's charm or good looks either, <laughs> but we do read, realize we do read she realized he was godly, that he was kind, and that he was generous. Boaz also recognized that Ruth was a, a loyal daughter-in-law and a hard worker, and that she had put her own desires second to Naomi's. He you understood all of those good qualities about uh, ruth these are the qualities i'm sure that won boaz's heart and that made him willing to perform his duty to naomi and ruth and one other element that you don't find in in modern romance stories uh, <coughs> uh, is that a, a land you know read of a land bride package deal where a man purchases a, purchases a wife with money. Uh, and I think if you in our modern day romances, if a man says, Well, how much, do, how much will it cost for this woman? the woman would turn up and nose at him. She'd think, Well, that's not very romantic, is it? Uh, there's nothing in this story that really fits romance or a love story, our idea of a love story. This isn't really a love story. But there are some lessons that we can learn from this story about. What to look for in a marriage partner? Now I'm married, so um, I've done really quite well, actually. Uh, But don't tell my wife that. But perhaps you're young, a young person, and you're not married yet. We we can see some things here, some some guidances about uh, some 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 elements to give guidance, if you like, about who you ought to give your love to. Young women should look for a man like Boaz. what was he like well he loved the Lord look for a man who loves the Lord look for a man who is kind look for a man who is generous you know charm and looks aren't the test of a good husband all these other things are he loves the Lord He is kind and he's generous that's a good start and that's a good person to share your life with so look for those sort of qualities not his charm or good looks and young men young men should be looking for a wife who is like Ruth and what was Ruth like well you look for a girl who loves the Lord because remember there in chapter 1 when she was given the option of going back to her own gods and to her own country she chose to go with Naomi and to have Naomi's goddess her God so she loved the Lord so you need to find a girl uh, look for a girl who loves the Lord who is virtuous who is hard-working and who is loyal you know beauty is only skin deep and uh, it's temporary and it can hide the true character of a person don't worry about it. the beauty or not so beauty look to whether this is a virtuous girl a hard-working girl a loyal girl who loves the lord these are qualities that young men and women, young women should be looking for in a life partner so the story of of ruth And Boaz isn't a love story, but it does give us some clues as to who we should give our love to, the kind of people we should give our love to in marriage. Well, having said that, let's go back to the story and we'll see at the end of the negotiation that we just uh, had read, Boaz was given the opportunity to perform his duty as a kinsman redeemer and uh, i've used the word confirmation because that's really what happened that uh, they had to confirm that the kinsman the other kinsman was going to relinquish his right uh, to redeem the land and so we read in verses 7 to 10 uh, now this was the manner in former time in israel concerning redeeming and concerning changing for to confirm all things a man plucked off his shoe and gave it to his neighbor and that was a testimony in Israel therefore the kinsman said unto Boaz buy it for thee so he drew off his shoe and Boaz said unto the elders and all the people who uh, all the people ye are witnesses this day that I have bought all that was Elimelech's and all that was Chilion's and Marlon's of the hand of Naomi Moreover, Ruth the Moabitess, the wife of Marlon, have I purchased to be my wife to raise up the name of the dead upon his inheritance, that the name of the dead be not cut off from among his brethren and from the gate of his place, ye are witnesses this day. Now, this, is a very, this seems a very civilized way uh, to confirm a deal being struck. <laughs> There's no expensive lawyers. Uh, there are no council obstructions and Anthony be happy about that one Uh, there are no wads of paperwork Uh, you you just take off one shoe (laughs) in the face of a few witnesses and the deal is confirmed now I could do that That, that's very simple doesn't cost a lot of money now of course after the confirmation of this deal if you like there would have been the payment of money to be paid to Naomi for the land and there would have been a ceremony where uh, Boaz and Ruth would have been married. But in those ancient days, the initial deal to redeem the land and exchange the ownership was confirmed confirmed not by a handshake or by a signature, but by one party taking off his shoe and giving it to the other party. That sounds very sensible, very easy. Now, this was probably more a sandal than a shoe in those days, I would have thought. And and I'm not exactly sure who gave the shoe to whom. Uh, Did Boaz take off his shoe or did the kinsman take off his shoe? Verse 8 seems to indicate it was the unnamed kinsman who took off his shoe. It says, therefore the kinsman said unto Boaz, bite for thee. So he drew off his shoe. So perhaps the unnamed kinsman. I said, yes, I can't buy it. I want to give you that right to buy it. So he takes off his shoe. He gives it to Boaz to confirm that he relinquished his right to redeem the land. And I can imagine Boaz then held up that shoe in view of all of the elders and called on them to witness the transaction. You see, he's given me his shoe. Uh, that's the deal is done. And it seems, uh, as this was all happening, a bit of a crowd had gathered to see what was going on. Verse 9 mentions elders and all the people. Verse 9, then, and Boaz said unto the elders and unto all the people, ye are witnesses this day that I have brought all this, all that was Elimelech's, and all that was Chilean's and Marlin's of the hand of Naomi." And so a crowd had obviously gathered around to see what was going on. He was Boaz, a very well-known citizen of Bethlehem. He was the eldest sitting around like in a council. So all the people gathered. And then here is Boaz. He's lifting up the shoe of this unnamed kinsman and saying, you are all witnesses that uh, this man has relinquished his right to buy this land and to marry this woman. And I wondered if Naomi and Ruth was in that crowd, were in that crowd, waiting to see what would happen. They had this plan that Boaz would be that kinsman redeemer, but then they found out there was one closer. And so uh, I could just imagine, especially Ruth, wondering who would be her husband. I can imagine if, if she was there, Ruth's heart jumping a beat when she heard Boaz telling the elders and the citizens of Bethlehem that he had purchased her for his wife. He wasn't making a secret of this. he he was happy for everybody to know that he had uh, taken up this right in fact this responsibility that came straight out of the the uh, Mosaic law uh, to raise up uh, an inheritance for his dead cousin and so uh, the negotiation had finished and the confirmation had been made that uh, Boaz had uh, taken up this responsibility Uh, and this option to buy the land and to marry Ruth now having done that and having called upon all the people to witness we we were then going to see that the people responded to Boaz (coughs) Uh, Boaz called on all the people uh, right at the end of verse 10 he says to the elders and all the people ye are witnesses this day and all the people that were in the gate and the elders said, "We are witnesses. The Lord make the woman that is come into thine house like Rachel and Leah, which two did build the house of Israel, and do uh, worthily, and do thou worthily in Ephratah, and uh, be famous in Bethlehem, and let the house, thy house, be like the house of Pharez." whom Tamar bear unto Judah and of the seed which the Lord give thee of this young woman. There are two blessings here. And so I don't know how they were able to say this uh, in unison because uh, these were specific blessings uh, about uh, uh, the union of, of this man with this woman. But somehow the people in unison gave these two blessings. Now, the first blessing was directed at Ruth. That's in verse 11. And the second blessing was uh, directed at Boaz in verse 12. And, And I think that both of these blessings showed wonderful acceptance by the people of Bethlehem of this Gentile woman and her union with this Israelite man. It was like the people were saying, we accept what has happened. Now, the first blessing was for Ruth. You see, there in verse 11, uh, the blessing was this The Lord make the woman that is come into thine house like Rachel and Leah. And then he mentions that Rachel and Leah were those who did build the house of Israel. Now, Rachel and Leah, as you know, were the mothers of all the tribes of Israel. And so, the, this blessing. It was like welcoming Ruth into the house of Jacob. Welcoming Ruth into Israel. She was a Moabite uh, as she had come amongst them. But here they were saying, uh, well, please, Lord, make this woman like Rachel and Leah. So it's almost like they were welcoming her into the house of Israel. The second blessing was that the union of Boaz and Ruth will be like the union of Farez and Tamar. And let thy house be like the house of Phares, verse 12, whom Tamar brought unto Judah of the seed which the Lord shall give thee of this young woman. The second blessing was that the union of Boaz and Ruth would be like the union of Phares and Tamar. Now, Phares, uh, without going into the story, it's a rather sordid story in some ways. And how would that sort of fit with being a blessing for these two people? Well, I think it's quite simple. Phares was one of the five sons of Judah. And he was the direct ancestor of the Bethlehem people. Bethlehem was in Judah. And uh, their father, if you like, the the, the, the man that they were related to was uh, Phares. And Phares was the son of Judah. So they were of the tribe of Judah So this blessing was like welcoming Ruth into the tribe of Judah. The first blessing was welcoming her into the house of Israel, into the nation of Israel. This blessing was welcoming her into the tribe, their tribe, the tribe of Judah. The community of Bethlehem, it's the elders and all the people, through these blessings made Ruth welcome, and one of them. Perhaps we see in this union a picture of the new testament church the jew that's uh, of course boaz is the natural branch and the seed of abraham is the inheritor of the promises the gentile that's ruth the wild olive purchased as a bride grafted into the natural branch you know paul told us that the church is a union of jew and gentile believers who have been redeemed by the blood of christ and that through Christ, we are all the spiritual children of Abraham. And we will inherit the spiritual blessings of the Abrahamic covenant. Just keep your finger there, Ruth. Ford. Let's just quickly go over to Ephesians chapter 2. We've got the time to see this wonderful passage, Ephesians chapter 2, where Paul explains the nature of the church. The church is not Israel. The church, um, the Gentiles are not the church. There's a distinction between the Jew and the Gentile, and the Church. The Church is a union between Jew and Gentile. Let's just read these wonderful words, Ephesians chapter two, and starting with verse uh, <coughs> eleven, he says to these Ephesian Gentile, they were Gentile believers. Wherefore remember that, wherefore remember that ye being in past time Gentiles in the flesh, who were called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision of the flesh made by hands and so the jews would call these gentiles uncircumcised and they still do today that at time that at that time ye were without christ being aliens from the commonwealth of israel and strangers from the covenants of promise having no hope and without god in this world that was their their spiritual uh, physical and spiritual state before they came to christ but now in Christ, Paul says, ye who were sometime afar off, that's the Gentiles, are made nigh by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace, who hath, uh, who hath made both one, Jew and Gentile, and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us. That's the law. Having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances, for to make in himself twain, that is is, one new man, so Making peace, that one new man is the church, and that he might reconcile by both Jew and Gentile unto God in one body by the cross. That's the church, having slain the enmity thereby, and came and preached peace to you that were afar off, the Gentiles, and to them that were nigh, the Jews. For through him, we both, Jew and Gentile, have access by one spirit unto the Father. Now therefore, ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. You see, through the cross, Gentiles uh, um, uh, uh, that, that have been far off have been brought in close and the Jews who are near, they've been brought together as one new man. In the household of God the church and so I guess the the picture that we have of, of a, a, a Israelite Boaz in the, in the seed line of Abraham and this Gentile lady Ruth coming together in Union we see that picture of the church especially when we know that she uh, uh, Ruth was purchased redeemed uh, to, to be put into that position and so <coughs> um perhaps in the story of ruth we do have that picture of the the new testament church but back in bethlehem let's go back to Ruth chapter 4 because you see back in bethlehem things moved on from the negotiation after the negotiation the confirmation yes i will uh, take up this right to buy this land and to to marry this woman uh, after the negotiation and the confirmation, we then had what I've called the conception, verse 13. So, verse 13, Boaz took Ruth, and she was his wife. And when he went in unto her, the Lord gave her conception, and she bare a son. What was his name? Well, it tells us in verse 17, And the women, her neighbours, gave it a name, saying, There is a son born to Naomi, and they called his name Obed and why is he famous well he wasn't at the time he's like some of us we aren't famous in our time but our children and our grandchildren they become famous (laughs) Obed he is the father of Jesse the father of David and uh, so the Lord blessed Ruth at last the world had changed for Ruth yet again but this time for the better she'd married that That Israelite man when he come to Moab to live in Moab and then he died and then her brother-in-law died and then her father-in-law died and then she was left impoverished with her mother and went back to this this country for that it wasn't her country and to people that weren't her people but things now had changed for the better we might say thanks to her Redeemer she was now a married woman and a mother at last with all of her needs met. Her redeemer was Boaz, the kinsman redeemer. He fulfilled his duty and, uh, and she received the blessing. Despite the death of her husband and leaving her homeland, despite a year or so of poverty, the Lord had honoured her faithfulness. And if nothing else, Ruth's, exa- Ruth's example should encourage all of us to choose the Lord. Always choose the Lord. Even when things look grim, choose the Lord and follow him like she did, even when it was hard and uh, there was uncertainty about the future. Choose the Lord and follow him whatever may come our way. We learnt this morning, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and and him and he shall direct thy paths. And so we've seen Ruth's redeemer Further in the chapter, we're going to learn about Naomi's Naomi's restorer um, because that's really what the rest of the chapter is about. The rest of the book is about Naomi and her restorer, which we'll learn about next time. So let's pray, shall we? Heavenly Father, we we thank you for the story of Ruth and uh, we thank you for, Lord, your provision for her and Naomi. We thank you for Ruth's faithfulness to you and to a mother-in-law, and a father to the the name of her, her dead husband, we thank for Boaz. We thank for Lord that he was a godly man and an honourable man, and he was willing to fulfil his duty. And we know that Lord uh, that this was a true love, uh, the love not of the romantic or the worldly kind, but a godly, a spiritual love that Lord brought forth. Uh, Lord, that uh, kingly seed of Israel. Lord, I pray that uh, these young people here would choose uh, choose a a partner who is in the Lord, uh, one who firstly is saved and has a heart for God, one who might follow the example uh, or the character of Boaz and Ruth. And Lord, for for, for us, all of us, whoever we might be, I pray that, Lord, we might, um, no no matter what our circumstances might be, that we would choose to follow you and to do your will. Thank you, Lord, for our time and your word, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.